Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Leighton. It's Leighton. Yeah. I've been here for a while. Yes. How's it going? Really, really shit. Yes. Really shit. Um, yeah. So, well, I'll j- I'm just going to let you speak a lot, I think, on this on this episode. Yeah. So yeah. Leighton's going to explain everything that's been going on and why he hasn't been here. And uh, Yeah. Well, you explained it in a previous episode didn't you i think it was the one where you interviewed jeremy loops yeah that was horrible <laughs> what interview by yourself yeah, yeah. You, did, you did really well actually it yeah. was a really good one the, like the chatting to him on his own that was fine mm. i didn't you know that i didn't mind that bit at all but it's the intro and outro doing that on your own yeah nope <laughs> like that <laughs> I, I had to record it about 57 times <laughs> i came on the first one i was like that Hello, welcome <laughs> to the UK, sir. Yeah, I can imagine it's hard. Um, and you've been dealing with all of the podcast stuff all by your lonesome. And doesn't make any difference to normal, <laughs> does it? Well, you know what I mean. You know, like there's no yeah like, no, ideas or anything. I tell you wrong. what, like um, Mitch has been standing in, and it's been absolutely brilliant. And yeah. like people, he's like thinking about talking to and stuff has been absolutely amazing and mm. but at the same time nothing against Mitch because he's great um it's not the same as doing it with your mate you know? I, no, I suppose it has changed isn't it because um the reason why we started it was two mates we, you know we've been mates forever like talking yeah. about surfing and we're really shit at it you know yeah. <laughs> so that was the yeah. vibe yeah. so I mean yeah so <clears throat> a reason why if nobody listened to the Jeremy Loops one or you're not on Instagram either, um, me and my family have just had the, the absolute worst time, uh, which I feel like a family can have really. So yeah. our um, little baby daughter, um, Effie, so she's Sophia, but we we call her Effie for short. Um, she got diagnosed with a really, really rare tumor in her spine um i might get this word wrong because i always say it and then rachel my partner goes no no that's not that's not how you say it. it's it's called a neuroepithelial tumor yeah um and to give you an idea of how rare that is she's the only person in the country that has it at the moment so we've been told and then the last two years sorry in the last three years there's only been two other cases yeah that's mad. The good thing with that is you get the very best people on the like on the ball with it and, and like the very best people want to be involved yeah. because of how rare it is. The bad thing is they have no experience to draw from. Yeah. Uh so at time of recording we are waiting for um molecular tests on the biopsy, which they take a month and that basically fine tunes what treatment she can have yeah the bad news is there's two types of this type of uh cancer and one of them isn't treatable yeah so at time of recording we don't know where we are with that um she has um i'll I'll go into even more detail on our buy me a coffee for our members because like the members have just been amazing and the surf community been amazing i'll go i'll come i'll come to that as well um so so we me and my partner rachel we have been fighting since little effie was eight weeks old that something was wrong yeah um and we noticed her right arm shutting down it wasn't working properly and there's a few things which it can be which were perfectly feasible um so one of them is called a uh herbs palsy which is nerve damage in her arm and the other one is cerebral palsy which is brain damage yeah um but all both of those things require uh an event to happen and nothing happened in the in the labor and nothing happened to her at home it's not like you know she rolled off the sofa or anything like that nothing like that happened um we got asked that question lots which really started to piss me off yeah because they were kind of implying that 
we'd done something at home and we're not telling them. Um, yeah. And I know they got to ask the question, but they kept asking the question. And I'm like, this is starting to annoy me now. You look, stop, stop fucking around. Yeah. There's something wrong with her and we need to find out what it is quickly because I'm getting worried. Anyway, there's a lot of to and fro in, a lot of messing around, a lot of, and I'll go into more detail um, on our, for our Buy Me A Coffee members, because it would just go on for ages, otherwise and I'll end up losing my temper. Um, but to cut a long story short, we eventually managed to get the MRI we needed after a very long time, and of me losing my temper with certain hospital um, to the point where I had to send emails with the word neglect in it. And as soon as that happened, things sped up. Yeah. Um, and we got the MRI and they then come back and told us there's a problem. There's something in her neck and yeah. it's a tumor. Um, we then, uh, ended up at Bristol Children's Hospital in the high dependency unit. And they said, we need to act quickly with this, um, but we need to take a biopsy first. Where it is in her neck um, meant they had to remove the bones on her vertebrae to get access to her spinal cord, and the tumour was within that. So your spinal cord uh, has got like a leather sheath around it. Yeah, They had to cut that open to get inside to take a biopsy, which in itself is a really, really dangerous and risky operation to the point where it it could have paralyzed her. Yeah. Um, and at, at this point, she's like four and a half months old, you know, and yeah. it's like just, well, nearly five months old. And it's, it's just like absolutely terrifying. She's like the worst luck. And like the, the neurosurgeon said to us, um, like you couldn't have seen this coming. Um, she probably has always had it. There's nothing you have done. Um, this is just really, really shit luck. And he swore as well, like, like he said it just like that, which is kind of comfort him. Yeah, for some weirdly weird reason. I think it humanizes them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, he he was fantastic. This guy <clears throat> explains the operation. Uh, the day before the operation, him and half of the team that were going to be in the surgery. So there was going to be 17 people in the surgery, which gives you an idea of how serious this operation is. Yeah. <clears throat> um, him and half of his team come down with COVID the so day before. chances. Yeah, and we're like, this poor little girl has not got a chance, has she? Like, she's not even been given a, a break at all. Uh, they transferred us to Southampton Hospital for this surgery. Um, and I've got to say... It was a blessing in disguise. Southampton Hospital, every single member of staff, even down to, I don't want to say even down to, because they do an important job as well, but down to the cleaners as well. Everybody was amazing, fantastic. I didn't have to, like, at this to the, at this point, <clears throat> I've been arguing with hospitals to get her the right care. And when we got there, I didn't have to. They were just yeah. fantastic. And uh, we his the neurosurgeon that worked on her was called um Mr. Chakrabolti and he is like a world class neurosurgeon. He's worked in um Great Ormond Street and this really um uh famous children's hospital in, in Canada, in Toronto. And uh he was her neurosurgeon and um I, I just can't thank him enough. He ended up doing well, the biopsy. You said to me like what you said about him. Honestly, the guy's like a god. He, yeah. He's unbelievable. He really is. I'll get to like how unbelievable he yeah. is. Uh, so he, he did the biopsy. <clears throat> um, she came out of the operation not on a ventilator, like totally fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we ended up going home. Well, we, we were there, so after after the operation, she has a few days of recovery. She then got an infection, so we were in Southampton for another week. So this is like two weeks at this point. We then managed to go home. But we were home for about four days, and we get a phone call from him saying, you need to come back in. Uh, the first round of the 
biopsy results are back. So there's like three rounds. You have you have one test in the theatre, uh, but that uh, is really difficult to to test on um, like kids under one, basically, because the the tumour is young as well. Uh, so that was like inconclusive. The second round takes about a week uh, to tell you what what it is. And then the one it takes about a month for these molecular tests, which really fine tunes exactly what will affect this tumour. Yeah. Anyway, the um, we got the, the the information back that it was this aggressive tumour. And he said, we need to act quickly. Um, we need to remove this. Uh, and we were made aware of the risk of doing that, like removing the tumour, which is wrapped around her nerves, which are shutting her arms down. Uh, how how the bloody hell do you remove something like that? So he told us how dangerous this operation was. Uh, he told us that, you know, there, there is a risk that she would be paralysed and that she'd be on a ventilator. Um, and, you know, it was obviously difficult to hear. Yeah. Uh, and we had to sign the consent forms to say that we give consent for him to do this to her. I haven't spoke to you about that. I bet that was a bloody... Uh, I mean, we... uh, I mean, I'll go back over a few things because I'm just telling you the overall and I'll go into a bit more detail. Um, But, you know, it's it's just the worst thing for a parent to to go through. And um, we've had some awful, awful conversations which nobody should, no parent should ever have to talk about. Um, and anyway, she went in to the operation. He, the operation was nine hours. Bearing in mind they'd already done half the operation because she had uh, the the spines on the top of her vertebrae removed. So yeah. she doesn't have those now. Yeah. Um, she needs an operation in the future to stabilize her neck because that's, I get the feeling that's where the muscles connect to. Yeah. So she's going to have something like a vertebrae fused together. So she's always going to have like a stiff neck. Uh, and it's going to be another operation in the future to, to stabilize her neck. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. Right. Um, so, Anyway, she went in for this operation. Uh, I mean, this is after already lots of medication and general anaesthetics to go into an MRI. She's had a couple of MRIs by this point. Um, He did the nine-hour operation on her. We then got a phone call to come back into the hospital. They tell you to go away from the hospital for the day, which we did. Uh, Got the phone call, come back in, and he explained to us that he thinks he removed all of the tumour. I literally, when you when you rang me and told me that, mm. like, he, he, I think you, your exact words were, he's only fucking got it all out. He yeah. thinks he's got it all out. I, uh, well, I couldn't fucking speak for about three hours. No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was like, I would have given my right arm to have that information, you know, like we, he said to us before the operation, he said, there's a chance I won't get any of it out. There's a chance I might get all of it out, he said. But realistically, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, not and he, but not only did he get it all out, he didn't damage her any further. Like she needs a lot of physiotherapy on her arms yeah. because they aren't working properly. Uh, one is worse than the other, so she needs a lot of physiotherapy. But to come out of that operation, um have a major spinal surgery and not be on a ventilator and only be on intensive care for two days and to be going home um like four days later was is just incredible yeah um so we were on a bit of a high um and i think they do this on 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 purpose to help you process so they tell you information help you process it and then give you more information. So after we got told the great news that she's, you know, he's got it all out, and then a couple of days later he comes to check on her and he says again, right, well, it's good, it's great, but she's at the start of a very, very long and difficult road. Uh, We still need to get the results back to find out exactly what it is. And um, 
she will still need chemotherapy. Yeah. And it will be like intensive chemotherapy. Uh, and she will need MRIs every three months for like the next couple of years of her life. And then it will go down to like every six months and then every year. And this looks like it's going to be her life for like 10 years. Yeah. So it's like really different. But, you know, she's been given a chance. Yeah. Where before we didn't have one, yeah. we, we kind of didn't think there was going to be any chance at all. Um, and then he told us about the operation to stabilize her neck and all this kind of stuff. And which, you know, you, you're trying to process and, uh, and then you, and then we get told. So at time of recording, literally like yesterday, uh, we get told that we got to go and have a meeting next week to discuss the chemotherapy and what it looks like. Yeah. Which we knew was coming. You're like, right, okay. Still no molecular test back. Should be back next week. So at time of recording, we still don't know. They then told us, like, we, we want to prepare you for what this meeting's going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that she will be an inpatient of the children's hospital. So back in, Bris- <clears throat> back in Bristol. Uh, for six months it's the most intensive chemotherapy you can have um, and it's going to be really really difficult she will have like like a week of chemo drugs and then a week of uh, being on an IV to flush her kidneys yeah and then the two weeks after that, before they start the process again, is fighting things like infections that she's going to get um, and just making sure she's well. If she is well and deals with it well, she can come home when she's well. Um, she's got another operation to put a special line in, so they've got constant access to her bloods and delivering the chemo. Um, uh, and on top of all this, it's multiple MRIs, which she needs to go in the general anaesthetic thaw for because she's, you know, so young and she'll move. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been the hardest time I've ever I've ever known. Like I just can't even. I still can't comprehend what's happening to us yeah. and what's happening to her. So, I, what's going to happen for me with, with the show is I'm. I'm going to be taking the time off for the foreseeable. So it's def- I'm definitely not going to be able to do anything in the next six months. Yeah. Um, and we'll just have to see what happens after that. And Yeah. Well, I think yeah. everyone listening will understand that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, like family comes first over anything. So, mm. you know, and I mean, the support, like I cannot believe the support. So we set up the GoFundMe page. Yeah. Well, um, this is the other thing I wanted to say because, um, in all this, like you realise like the friends that you have how good they are. So like Spoons and you had set up this GoFundMe for for us to help us um, because like the time down in Southampton. So in total, it was broken up with a week in between. In total, we're there for three weeks. I spent two and a half grand yeah. in those three weeks because you can't prepare any food there's parking to pay there's fuel parking, to don't pay. fucking parking to pay don't get me started on that well, to pay at I, the hospital so they you do get um help with that when when you're there but i didn't really nobody told me that for the first um like week i think um so they can backdate it for a certain amount but it, yeah for like it's like 15 quid a day. That's, but, still, that's fucking ridiculous to have to yeah. pay but that. Then, but then once you once I found out that you could get um, like a bit of a permit, it was like a, a tenner for a week or something like that, which is, you know, which is fine. But because uh, it's Southampton, it's expensive. And there really isn't much around the hospital unless you're going to go into like the city. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it, it's, everything is extortionate. And, and so the only places you can eat, they've got like an M&S cafe in there. And I'd go there and I'd get, you know, like the only vegan option there was like a jacket potato with beans. So I'd buy me and... Sourdough and, bread? Oh, don't get me started with sourdough <laughs> bread. I'll go into that. Um, so <laughs> Tell the story, go on. <laughs> Please okay. tell the story right, about so, sourdough bread. Okay. Um, oh, look, look, so anyway, the, the, so the only vegan option was like this... Um, uh, beans and jack potato and and i'd order it 
and it'd be like they're like that's um that's like fourteen pound please. I'm like what? For, what? I've only ordered two. They're like no, it's just fourteen pound. I'm like what the hell is going on? So you, it got to the point where I I couldn't eat. I had too much to to deal with. Um, I didn't have the mental capacity to worry about the bloody money as well. I yeah. just thought it doesn't. I need to feed us. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. I just, just, I sort of right afterwards. And you and Spoons started this GoFundMe. Um, and the surfing community have just been absolutely incredible. And I really, like, I, I wasn't going to do, we weren't going to do this tonight, were we? I wasn't yeah. going to, I was going to just write a statement for you to read. Yeah. Um, but after the kind messages, People donating money to help us out. I feel like I, I owed something to to everybody. Um, I don't know this is no way of repaying what everybody's done, but honestly, if it wasn't for for people helping us and the kind messages that we've been getting, I have no idea we would have made it through the time in Southampton at all. Yeah. And like, even down to like, you don't really realise how much you need help. Um, until it happens yeah. so this is like there, there was one day when we found out that she had an infection and we had to go back into into Southampton and you and Spoons come down without me saying to come down or anything you just turned up yeah because we knew if you said we can come down you just said don't worry about it save your money don't spend on money yeah, on petrol it's like, a, it's like a five hour round trip on a good day you know like no traffic day out and, it? and you turned up <laughs> And you two gave me a hug, and I didn't realise, but I never needed a hug so much in all my life. <laughs> it was like quite emotional when you guys did that, and I know I only saw you for like five minutes, which I felt really bad for because we had to quickly get back in the hospital. But um, it was five minutes I really, really needed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really appreciate you and Spoons doing that and everything you've done with setting up this GoFundMe, and then and then just like. You know, like you've been sending me messages that people have been sending on the surf show thing, and there is a thing with like those positive vibes that people send. It's almost like you can feel them. It's yeah. it's really strange, um, and they've definitely helped. Like, there's been some. Obviously, the whole thing has been a dark time, but there's been some really dark times. And when you're in those dark times, and you you just like because you can't do anything, you're just sit there being useless. So you're just scrolling on your phone a lot of time just to pass the time where you're waiting for the results of another test or to see a certain doctor. And then you get a message, some uplifting message, or even ones where people go, we think about you every day. Yeah. And it it does help. Like, it helps way more than what I think the people that send them... Realise, yeah. Realise, yeah. I think they don't... Well, it's like Phil said before, you know, he said that thing about sending a message could make someone's day. So he just, if he thinks about someone, he'll send yeah. them a message or yeah. ring them. I, I, I wanted to say like a special thanks to Phil as well. He's been incredible. So this is um, Phil, the the head of the Christian surfers. Um, like I'm not, I'm not religious or anything. Uh, and so I understand this is how he shows how he is thinking of you and so the stuff he's done he's it's just been amazing and i really really appreciate him i've sent him messages like saying you know how much he's he's helped and stuff so just put me in contact with people that he knew and he knows in southampton and stuff yeah. like that has just been really nice of him him like doing doing prayers and i think the christian surfers worldwide said a prayer for effie and, and all that kind of stuff yeah um and you know things like that just people showing how they how they care is, is really really nice um and yeah I've, I've, it's just been i've been kind of blown away with how amazing the surf community is yeah um i mean i don't know when i'm going to be surfing because <laughs> I, I went for a surf last week yeah but um no i mean like like you say, I, I haven't been in ages. There's no way I'm going in the next six months, at least. Yeah, I, ju- I don't you know, think it's. And it, it's it, this is. I mean, this is the bit that is really scary. I think if that's the right word, I, I don't know how to enjoy anything at the moment. Yeah, well, I think that was before 
we said anything and we knew sort of there was stuff going on mm. and you'd said on an earlier podcast that you'd sort of fallen out of love with surfing at the moment mm. and I think that's partly because of everything that was going on building yeah. up to finding out yeah. yeah, that I could see you weren't getting enjoyment in anything at all yeah, because everything was focused and worried yeah. which is understandable mm. and uh, yeah I mean for everyone around you is the same sort of thing where everyone feels completely useless and the amount of messages that we we've had on the surf show instagram saying mm-hmm. if there is anything we could do and like not a message of like oh if there's anything i could do let me know you know which mm-hmm. is a normal message like people actually going if they're honestly if there's anything we could do yeah. anything at all even if it's do anything at all yeah. will help you yeah yeah there's um there's been a few standout people that i'd like to say thanks to um one is Zoe, uh, who's Mama Mello on um, on Instagram, and she's been a listener, like an avid listener for ages, and we've now become like friends, haven't we? Like, yeah. And, and um, yeah, well, that's, I went surfing with her the other day. Yeah, and and uh, her um, her partner as well, Gareth. Yeah. Uh, the messages they've been sending me have just been so lovely, and and, and um, I really really appreciate that. It's sort of like a like a special thank you to to them because uh, there's been a lot of dark times and um, they just send the message at like the right time yeah. it's really really weird uh, it's almost like you are connected with some people through yeah. like the universe somehow um, and also Paz who was the winner of the competition we did yeah um, he's been really really lovely as well and sent me, like was such a such a nice guy um, I will meet up with them all one day. Um, I mean, it's not going to be in the next six months for the looks of it, because it looks like we're going to be pretty much living in hospital. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's that's the other side of it, is like what our life looks like in the next six months, watching what our daughter has to go through. I mean, she's only six months old now. Yeah. And obviously I'm worried about her. Um, I just, I'm really struggling to get my head around how a little body deals with all that. And yeah. I know kids are resilient and stuff, but oh, bloody hell, she hasn't half gone gone through it. And yeah. it's uh, it's the most heartbreaking thing in the world. I've, I've never never known pain like this before. Um, it's, it's almost it's almost unbearable. Yeah, um, and that's a scary thought as well. Uh, and like the there's just like a like a twist of the knife wherever you look. So one of them is obviously seeing her go through this. The other one is seeing Rachel, her mum, have to deal with this as well. Um, and then, you know, like Effie's not just our daughter. She's also a granddaughter, a half-sister, a niece. Yeah. And watching all these people around her just breaking their hearts it's just like the pain is just tenfold it just keeps increasing wherever you look yeah and <clears throat> i've struggled with that i really struggle with that um i mean i struggle with all of it and you get messages from people <clears throat> which um and I, I know people are trying to help when they say stuff like this and they're saying oh you know you're hanging there you guys are being really brave um, you know, you're really strong to be going through this. And it gets me a little bit cross because I feel completely useless. There's no yeah. bravery here. I'm not doing, when me and Rachel aren't doing anything exceptional. We're, we are useless. We're just here. You know, we're just existing next to her. We're struggling. We're, there's, there's no, there's no strength in that at all. Um, I think the strength in that honestly comes from just being there with your daughter and her having a familiar face with her yeah and you not giving up that's the strength and I mean brave, there were, we're, the only reason why that is 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 because we don't have a choice there's no choice in any of this we are we we are there because she's our daughter and anybody would do it yeah um I mean Effie's mum my partner Rachel is is just a, a force of nature and she has not left her side there's been a couple of nights 
like she stayed in hospital the whole time. There's been over all this time, there's been two nights that I've managed to convince her to go away and get some rest and I'll stay in hospital with her. And that was the hardest thing in the world for her to do. But she was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. Um, and that was the only time I managed to convince her to do that. And that was that was hard <laughs> to convince yeah. her to, to leave her. And the whole time she's ringing and texting and stuff. And, and she is... I, I've, I don't even know how she's still standing. Yeah. Um, because I don't know how people can run on that little energy and that little sleep. But she's still going. And it's just kind of something to to behold she really is she really is a lioness looking after her cub yeah um but yeah anyway going back to the what you're saying about sourdough bread um (laughs) (laughs) so it was it was like right so let me put this like so knowing Leighton for all these years Leighton can get angry sometimes about things that seem very trivial <laughs> or unimportant but yeah. with everything that was going on understandably this was amplified yeah I, i've got um so i've got a lot of rage in me um uh, uh, particularly at this time uh, and we've been assigned psychologists to help us deal with this particularly we've been signed psychologists because there's like a huge file on us in these hospitals now because they know everything we've been to to through to even get to this point yeah the fight that we've had to what we've had to do or make to get to this point <clears throat> has been unbelievable like unbelievably shockingly awful that a six-month-old baby has been left in pain for this long and nobody's been listening to the parents. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that as like uh, an, an overall NHS thing because they've been amazing, but there's just have been a few times when I've had to lose my temper with a certain hospital, which I won't mention because uh, that's not fair. Um, so as like a, a side effect of all that, I'm still furious. Yeah. And... It, it it comes out in really strange ways. So the hospital food isn't very good and they don't feed me. They just feed Rachel. Yeah. Um, and uh, for some reason in the mornings, the, the they don't do toast. It's meant to be toast, but it's warm bread. Yeah. And um, they just literally pick up the toast, show it to something lukewarm and then put it on the plate and give it to you. Uh, and, and Rachel needs to be nourished. She's still breastfeeding through all this, you know, yeah. which is amazing. So when when Effie can't physically breastfeed, Rachel will express and like give it to the neurosurgeons for when she goes down to the um, uh, an operation. Yeah. She's got breast milk as soon as she comes out and all that kind of stuff, you know. Like Rachel's just been unbelievable to with all that kind of stuff. You imagine having to do all that this whole time yeah. and deal with everything. So I need to make sure Rachel's fed properly because it will then feed down to, to Effie. Um, so she couldn't eat this toast. She just couldn't do it because, you know, I suppose you're feeling nauseous anyway for all this. So I would go down to the cafe and get her the sourdough toast in the mornings. Um, and I went down this one morning and they're like, I'm sorry, we don't have toast. I'm like, you mean you don't have bread? And they're like, yeah. I said, right, okay. Um, all right, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. And there's also a Costa there. So I, I queued up in the Costa, really long queue. I'm about halfway through with like a bundle of stuff in my arms. And I'm, I can feel the rage building up inside me, the, the fact that they don't have bread. And... There is an M&S shop next door that has bread, yeah. but the cafe doesn't have bread. And Rachel needs to eat like better. And, yeah. and um, I, I, I snap and storm out of the queue, throw the bundle of stuff I've got in my arms back in the fridge at um, Costa, or like the re- refrigerated bit, storm back to M&S. And I go, can I just get this right a minute? 90% of your menu has bread on it, and you don't have bread, and next door there's an M&S 
with fucking bread in it and you can't go and get that and put bread on your menu? And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And honestly, I've never been so close to punching someone over fucking bread before. So I, I, had, I had to leave. I then caught myself thinking, Jesus Christ, look at the rage that's inside you at the moment that you're, you know, getting this angry because you can't get toast, you know? Yeah. I, so uh, hence the reason why we got psychologists to help us through this. Um, yeah, you, like you, when you're saying to me it's coming out in rage and like that story, it is funny telling that story, but I meant like it's understandable at the time everything that was going on as well. But it's just one other thing where the world makes absolutely no sense where you're part of the same group. You're both Marks and Spencers. You're a Marks and Spencers yeah, cafe and a shop. Why can't you? Do, they just give you the bread and you give it back. Well, it, what I should have done is gone in and bought the bread. Yeah, and cut go, it out myself. Can you, know, you, can you put that in that hot thing over there for me? Yeah. And it'll be like a fraction of the cost as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just see, like stupid that you end up getting angry over things like that. So I've caught myself a few times now. Um, but you know, I, I'm still Southampton. Were like I said, were amazing. Um, but after everything we've been through to get to that point, I'm still in I'm still in fight mode now. Like yeah. when something happens, I question everything now. Like why why is that happening? Yeah. Like why aren't you doing this yet? You know, like yeah. um, I suppose you know that's just because of the way we've been dealt with up until this point. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't want to say the hospital, but I will go into more detail on the buy my coffee for our members because I, I need to get it out as well. It, weirdly. Like a lot of people shut down with all this stuff. I find it helpful talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Um and like replying to people's messages when I could. So like there's been a few people, um, one of which I need to apologise to actually was um Noah yeah. from Velamo Surf. He sent me a, a nice message, like thinking of you, mate, everything's all right. And because he was the first message in a, I, what I'd do in an evening after I left Rachel in the hospital, because only one, one parent was allowed to stay, I would then have to, we had a family, we got a family member that lives in Hamble, which is like 35 to 40 minutes away. I would drive and stay there for the night and then get up dead early to get back for the for the ward rounds. So when I'd get home, or not home, but back there at like 10 o'clock at night or whatever, after I'd showered and fed and all that kind of stuff i would um try and reply to as many messages that i don't know you get loads it's been so amazing um but i try and reply to as many as i could and this one night noah was the first one on the list and i just unloaded to him one night just like really depressed really down unloaded and afterwards i said to myself i'm really sorry mate like you were just the first one that i replied to and uh, after i like like unleashed and I couldn't reply to anybody else afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, the support we've been getting is, is just unbelievable. And like, if there's any doubt of any surfer in the surfing community, that it's not a nice place to be. You're, you're wrong. Like when the shit hits the fan, ev- everybody's been amazing. Really yeah. have like, um, uh, Sophie Everard, Sophie Mad to Live, yeah. like when we interviewed her. So we kind of like stayed in contact a, a little bit after the after that interview. And um, she's been sending me lovely messages and stuff. And she's just like come back off her honeymoon as well. And I'm like, yeah. I'm really sorry to, to talk to you about this stuff. But, yeah. you know, um, and yeah, everybody's just been amazing. And um, yeah, particularly our friends. Yeah. Um, and we like realized like how loved we are and how loved Effie is. And out of all this, that's the the one thing I can see as the positive is you realise how much people care for you and how much, uh, how, how Effie is only six months old but has affected so many people already. Yeah. Um, well, I think everyone loves Effie and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it's it's the support has been absolutely yeah. out of this world, and like I thought, like that I, you know, you, I was going to read a statement out for you, and then you were like, "No, I think I'd do it myself." And I thought, like this would be the best just for you to say what's been going on. Yeah. So moving forwards, 
Leighton's obviously not going to be on the podcast for the foreseeable, but mm. if there is any opportunity when you know yeah. he can record, mm. we will. Uh, Mitch has said he'd step in. Chris, I've got said from Logfin, uh, Logfin Co said he'll step in. Yeah. Alan's offered again because yeah. um, we did that one with me, Mitch, Alan, and um, Logan, Logan yeah. which uh, everyone said was quite a laugh as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been listening to it. Um, is it weird listening to it? Yeah, it is. It feels I don't know because of everything that's going on. It, it just it just weird. It feels like I'm listening to like I'm actually listening to a, a, like a your podcast now that's what it feels like it doesn't feel um like not in a bad way like i'm part of it but it it feels like it's like a bit of a separate thing now and that's just because i'm in this world of shit at the moment yeah so like as i say moving forwards leighton's not going to be around for a while i am going to take a little break because i haven't had one yet from the podcast just for uh, a few weeks or something Mm. like that in that time so yeah, it'd be like a couple of episodes off or something. Yeah. So in that time, I think we've got I've got a few to record with Mitch as well, mm. and um, Mitch and I will be updating the buy me coffee and stuff like that, all that sort of stuff and everything like that. Um, as Leighton said, he'll go into the buy me coffee one more on the yeah. bonus episode of this. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think should, unless there's anything else you want to say, no, I just um, like I'm kind of glad you're taking a break because um i know you've been struggling a little bit of all this so out of all this i think you sent me a message every single day and it said um because you call me tor <laughs> so my my nickname is just the worst nickname ever it is lector yeah. which well so makes me say, sound like no, some kind of criminal no, so the nickname came from so Leighton surname Smith, so it was Hannibal Smith from Which the I 18. Loved. Hannibal yeah, was a great Hannibal nickname. Smith. Then it was Hannibal Lecter, and then Lecter, and that just evolved over the years. Yeah. And then now I call him anything with the word Tor in it. So I'll ring him up, say like Alligator, Navigator, whatever, anything <laughs> yeah. Tor is that's yeah. that's how I refer to him. So, yeah. so uh, you send me a message, and I, I think you've done it every day, and it's like hi, uh, hi Tor, how's it going today? Um, every single day. And that's been really nice. And um, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I, I, really, I do really, really appreciate that because, like, I get lots of messages, and and I only reply to a certain amount of people now, uh, like the closest people to us. And you're the one that sent me a message every single day uh, in in hospital. So I do really appreciate that, Pete. Thanks. You whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> just can't deal with it, can you? you just can't deal with the emotional side of it, can you? No. Uh, well, you like you used to say, you used to call me Blackheart, and I've uh, come to a conclusion that, uh, yeah, I'm definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a very uh, a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Times. I mean, like I said, like when you told me, like. First of all, I think it was when you told me I was bloody crying because of what you told me in the first place of mm-hmm. what was going on and then through the different stages of it and then the, when you rang me and I think there's one time I spoke to you on the phone and in amongst it I had to get a new car because someone kindly wrote my car off during it was just parked outside my house nice. and I was at a garage and you rang me and spoke to me and I was trying to speak to you and I just couldn't get the words out. I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll speak to you later. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, and then you rang me and told me like that the surgeon had got it all out, which was the bit that when you said the surgeon and you were like, I said to the nurse, that surgeon's a god. And yeah. she, what did she say? Yeah, so um, she uh, after he told us the, the news that he got it all out and he, and he left, which like the chances of that happening were really, really slim. Like, like nearly impossible for him to get it all out, and he did. And he said, you know, obviously he can't see every single cancer cell, hence the reason why she's got to go through chemo still. Yeah. And because of the nature of the the tumour, um, it needs to be intensive chemo. But um, when he left the room after he told us that information, um, I said to the nurse, like, he's just amazing. Like, what he's done for her, he's given her a chance when she had none at all, and she said, you have no idea how often this guy does this. The amount of people 
or children that come through here because he's a he's a pediatric neurosurgeon. Yeah. Um, she said the amount of people that come through here <clears throat> and <clears throat> the the odds that they are given are really really slim to even make it through the operation. And he not only do they get through the operation, they go home the week later. Yeah. She said it happens more often than not. The guy is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and for us to have access to someone like that in the NHS, for for all of us, it is just unbelievable. It, it's so it's so good. I can't. We're forever in his debt. Um, and we are in this country. We are really really lucky to have this NHS and. I know, like it, it feels like it's being dismantled a little bit, and we can't let it happen no. because I, I've I heard a podcast about health service. Well, I think it's a Joe Rogan podcast, um, and I can't remember who he was talking to. It was some doctor, he's a, a like a, um, a, a some kind of medical episode, and he put it in a really good way. This doctor, he said, he was talking about the UK and comparing it to the USA, and he said, right in the UK, it's financially beneficial that the patients are well yeah. because it's a national health service. In America, it's financially beneficial that the patients are ill because it's insurance. Yeah, And so, like, in simple terms, if there's any argument to save the NHS and invest more, it's that, isn't yeah. it? You know, that it's better for everyone if the patients are better. And if you're getting into healthcare... It shouldn't. Why? Why is money even <clears throat> even a thing? <clears throat> you know, I'd like we, me and Rachel were talking about it. If we lived in America and she had the operation she had, we're bankrupt. You know, it would yeah. be. It's. I'm not even to. I don't even know how it works really with the insurance company. But the. It, it would be like hundreds of thousands of pounds to have what she's had done. So we are we are so lucky in this country. Yeah. We really are, and we we need to protect it. And I know some of the some of the people that listen to the podcast at Surfers are also in the NHS. And I just like you're you're all amazing. You're absolutely amazing. Um, and we saw firsthand how amazing people are. So you you kind of, they're like superhuman. Like on that ward that we were on. A you know, a pediatric neuro ward, yeah. Um, and now we're going to be on a pediatric oncology ward, which is going to be hard to be there and see all these ill kids and stuff. But the people that work there are phenomenal; yeah. they really are. Um, and we can't thank them enough. <sighs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I think that's it, pretty much. Yeah. Apart from the fact, I got to tell you one thing. I went surfing. I had to do my first selfie. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, that was. I think that was one of the things that you sent me. So, yeah, somebody asked to meet you. Is that right? So, um, I was going to meet Zoe, and she's friend. So, a load of them are friends on one of Alan Adrenaline Athletes apps. Yeah. Um, where they all talk, or it's a WhatsApp group or something, who all do the training stuff. Mm. And Angie, so hello to Angie. Um, she listens to the show all the time, and she was in Saunton meeting Zoe, and I was coming to meet Zoe, and Zoe didn't tell her I was coming because she knew how much of a fan of this show she was. <laughs> and um, yeah, I rocked up and said hello, and um, she and went a very awkward photo <laughs> taken. Yeah. Uh, you sent me it actually cheered me up, but it's like one morning when I was, I think I was like, uh, we were in hospital, obviously, and you sent me a message saying, oh. Like, like you normally do. How's it going, mate? And uh, and then you'd say, "This will make your day." Look at this awkward photo of me, <laughs> and it's you like posing for a selfie. Well, she said like, to me, "Oh, I bet you get to ask, ask for selfies all the time, don't you?" And I was like, "No, it's weird." <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a weird moment. I've never had anyone do that to me before. Yeah. Like, I'm bad enough when like when someone like my mum goes, "Oh, let me take a photo of you." <laughs> no, go away. <laughs> well, um. When when we were back in uh, back home for the week in between um, the hospital stays in Southampton, um, I'm filled with rage. Obviously, then I'm driving the van which has got surf show stickers on it, and I pull up at a roundabout, and a car pulls up next to me, and the passenger is shouting out the window at me. 
and I'm ready to I'm I'm in fight mode already like <laughs> like, a, like like road rage. I wind it down and I'm ready to like fire some fucks <laughs> like and before luckily I didn't and and the lady goes loves the show and then drives off and because she must have noticed me and yeah, the van with the stickers this brings on. it back to what I say when you've got road rage when you've got road rage if you get a road rage take those stickers off your van please <laughs> oh yeah but, uh, I met those know, I met those UK surf show guys he told me to fuck off on a roundabout <laughs> yeah, but I you know I'm in a heightened state of anger yeah um, which yeah I need to sort quickly <laughs> yeah well so I think that'll do for this episode yeah and I know it's maybe maybe put like a trigger thing at the start i don't want people to go oh new new episode and listen yeah. to it and go oh, for fuck's sake yeah you know, so no, it's, it's 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 it is what it is it's what's been happening people that have shared our journey along the way and have listened to the podcast yeah will, will be interested in what's happening in your life and why things are different and what it's like moving forward so that's pretty much it i'll see you in well Few miss a few episodes, so it'd be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I don't know. I know I'll be back with Mitch. We've got some to record. Basically, that will just give me time to play catch up on getting back to recording. And because yeah, yeah. we've got nothing else recorded at the moment, we've got guests that we've agreed to come on the show yeah. and stuff, but just haven't got back to any of them at the moment because everything that's been going on, I didn't know what was happening. So. Leighton will be around at some point and I suppose if he's got time to dip in and out he can come in whenever he wants and yeah thank everyone out there for your continued support yeah yeah really appreciate you know it's um the, the people that have donated to the GoFundMe uh you have no idea how much you've helped us and the messages that we've received have just been amazing like we, me and Rachel have been sat around the hospital bed and I've just been reading the messages to her and you know, it's it's helps more than you can possibly imagine. So yeah, I really thank thank you to everybody. Yeah. So that's it. So more than ever, until the next time. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs>